0: Good morning. Good morning, I'm excited to be here with all of you. I've gotten to know some of you, I certainly don't know a lot of you, unless you're on the soccer team, my role ends up being a little bit more hidden here on campus, but I'm sure you've seen me around or in the Coffee Bean or something like that. But yes, my name's Eric, you don't have to call me Mr. Rasmussen like, like Joel did, you can call me Eric, please call me Eric. Um, <laughs> And I'm excited to be here with you all. I always love the opportunity to sit up front when other people are singing. Nobody has to hear me and I get to hear all of you and it's just wonderful. I, I love the songs that Brian and the team picked out this morning and uh, I just I just enjoy sitting there and listening uh, to your wonderful voices. And I, I also wanna thank you all for being here at Emmaus. I graduated from Mayus six, seven years, something like that, 2018. And uh, Emmaus is not Emmaus without the students. And I have just, me and and Matt Tomlinson, I'm sure you know him, admissions counselor. We've been talking a lot so far this semester, just how encouraged we are with the group of students that we have on campus. Like you guys are awesome. You guys love the Lord. You guys are excited to learn scripture, to grow in your relationship with each other. So that's really exciting. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you for being here. It's it's great that you're here. We love that you're here. Before we dive into this verse and our topic of idolatry this morning, let's just open in a brief word of prayer. Father, we look to you this morning as our God, our Savior. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray that you would guide us in reading it and understanding it this morning. We pray that Uh, Ultimately, you would be glorified. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This semester in chapel, there's this theme from these two different lists in Galatians chapter 5. One of the lists is you know really well, right? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, etc., You've already heard a message on patience, and last Friday during Family and Alumni Weekend, Mike Eels from Tri State was here, and he spoke on peace. It's great. You probably sang songs Sunday school, you probably sang multiple different versions of songs on the fruit of the Spirit. There's another list in Galatians 5 that comes just a few verses before, and we're calling it the works of the flesh. It's a little less popular. Right, You've probably sung songs about the fruit of the Spirit. You're probably not singing songs in Sunday school about sexual immorality, impurity, <laughs> indecent behavior, or witchcraft. Maybe you are. But the words works of the flesh refer to the deeds that are natural to us as a fallen human race. The things that we naturally want to do because of our sinful nature. And in that list, at the beginning of verse 20 in Galatians 5, is the word idolatry. That's our subject this morning, idolatry. I actually want to talk about a very specific kind of idolatry, and I think one that maybe you, at least I, probably think about a little less often than I should. But before we get into that, I, I want to start by defining idolatry. A theologian defined it as the ascription of divine attributes Onto a creature or creation. I don't know about you, but that reminds me of the Ten Commandments when God commands his people not to have any other gods before him. To think of or refer to something else as God, or to give the qualities or the characteristics of God onto something other than him is idolatry. There's a catechism that came out of the Reformation, Heidelberg Catechism, defined it this way, and this one's a little bit more complicated, but I liked it too. Idolatry is, instead of or besides that one true God who has manifested himself in his word, to contrive or have any other object in which men place their trust. I really like that last phrase, any other object in which men place their trust. The root of idolatry, as I'm sure you know, is misplaced worship. The one holy God is the only one who is worthy of worship. He is the only one who has his attributes. He is the only one in whom we can place our trust, in whom we can find our ultimate satisfaction. To place our trust in, or to find our satisfaction in, or to attribute divine attributes to anything or anyone else is to worship something or someone That is not God. But there's just one problem. The problem is that we love to make idols. We love to make idols. Think about the golden calf in the book of Exodus. The Israelites had just witnessed the 10 plagues come on Egypt. They had been freed from slavery. They had walked on the dry ground as the Red Sea was divided. Not only was God real, he was all-powerful, and he was on their side, right? They had all the reasons in the world to worship God. Yet the moment they have just a little bit of downtime, they create idols of their own to worship. John Calvin famously said that man's nature is a perpetual factory of idols. We are creatures who were made to worship. We were created by God in the image of God to worship God. Yet because of our sin nature, our default is actually to worship the created rather than the creator. With all this in mind, let's look again at Matthew 16:24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A lot of times when we think about idols, we think about two things, or maybe I think about two things. First, we think of statues or images found in the Old Testament, like the golden calf that we just talked about. Maybe you think of right, Nebuchadnezzar building the statue of himself, commanding people to worship it, to bow down to it. Or then we might think of the modern day examples that people have given us, money as an idol, television, smartphones, video games, computers, the internet, social media. I'm sure you could think of a lot of things that people have listed as potential idols. Most of us have heard how there are good, acceptable things in life that can quickly become idols if you prioritize them over God, right? If you become slaves to them instead of desiring to be a servant of the Lord. And these points are all good. Money and smartphones, video games, social media, Certainly, example, examples of modern day idols in our lives. Absolutely. But I want to get to the heart of the problem here. What does Jesus say in our passage? He says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. I'm convinced that the biggest idol in each of our lives is ourselves. More than TV or smartphones or video games or social media, we worship ourselves from Adam and Eve in the garden until Christ returns, mankind has always wanted to be and will want to be God. We're our biggest idol. We love ourselves. Pride has infested and infected every aspect of who we are. We idolize ourselves in many ways, but as I was thinking through this, there's kind of two specific ways that came to mind. The first would be that we we idolize ourselves in that we want to be self-determined. The truth is each one of us wants to be the captain of our own ship, the master of our own fate. We want to be true to ourselves and our desires. It's that like Disney movie message that you probably heard a lot as a kid. Right? From, from childhood, you, you hated being told what to do. How many times has a parent or a teacher or a boss told you to do something that you were going to do on your own, right? You were going to do it on your own. You were planning and doing it. They tell you to do it, and you're like, no way. I don't want you telling me what to do. I wanna do my own thing. So just because you said something, I'm gonna go do this instead. Or I'm just purposely not going to do that thing that I would have otherwise done. We, we wanna be in control, don't we? We wanna make the decisions. Our natural desire is just to do the things that we want to do and not do the things that we don't want to do. But what does the Bible teach us? Right, Psalm 115 verse three says, our God is in the heavens, he does all that he pleases. There's there's hundreds of, of verses on the sovereignty of God. He is the one who's sovereign. He is the one who is in control. By trying to be master of our own destiny, We create, we credit a divine attribute, sovereignty, a divine attribute to ourselves and we cause us to idolize ourselves. In our verse, Jesus tells us that those who want to follow him must deny themselves. They must refuse to be guided by their self-interests. Think of two disciples of Christ, Simon and Andrew. They were fishermen, it's what they knew It was their life, that's how they could make ends meet, but Jesus calls them to follow him. Rather than doing what they know, doing what their plan was, they renounce their own self-determination and give themselves over to the authority of Jesus Christ. No matter how hard you try, the truth is, you cannot be the captain of your own ship or the master of your own fate. You might think the world revolves around you. You might know the world doesn't revolve around you, but you might act like the world revolves around you. It might feel at times like the world revolves around you, but it doesn't. The truth is, we are not the center of our own existence. Christ is. He is the center because he is the focus of all of existence. He is the one in control of all things, right? In him, all things hold hold together, as Paul tells us in Colossians. God has revealed his will for our lives and, and, and his word. So denying ourselves means recognizing that we don't know best, but God does. We don't know the future, but God does. But not only do we idolize ourselves by wanting to determine our own lives, we also idolize ourselves by a constant need to satisfy every desire that we have. This is where those things like TV and smartphones and video games and social media, all of these things, this is where they come into play. Certainly they can be idols, but a lot of times, they're idols because we're first idolizing ourselves. We waste countless hours watching YouTube videos, scrolling through social media, watching or playing sports, or countless other activities. We spend all this time and energy on these things because it's a thing that I want to do, and of course, I'm the most important, so if I want to do it, that's what I'm going to do. We spend times time on these, time these things, and they distract us from God, but we allow them to distract us from God because we, deep down, believe that the time we have is to primarily be used for ourselves. It happens with money as well. There are all sorts of ways that we can use wealth for the glory of God, but money becomes an idol when we first idolize ourselves. Whether it's desiring wealth for financial security or to make nice fancy purchases, if the focus is on ourselves, it's idolatry. Think about a job or a career, or maybe think about yourself right now as a student at Emmaus taking classes. Idolizing yourself is really easy. On one side, you can be lazy, right? Right, you can choose to not work hard. You can think that your time is better spent doing all of the other things that you would want to be doing. Who cares if the work doesn't get done, right? Who cares if I don't do it as well as I could? On the other side, though, there's another pitfall, right? On the other side, you can work really hard and yet have it be for all the wrong reasons. Do you work as into the Lord or do you just wanna be successful? Are, are good grades in your classes a desire to learn and to grow and to better serve the Lord? Or are you trying to get straight A's because of pride? Whether we're being lazy or we're working hard, if it's about me, then it's idolatry. We were created to worship. If we're not worshiping God in what we're doing, then we're most likely worshiping ourselves. So what does Christianity look like? What, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Jesus tells us, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. In the Christian life, we, we don't give in to self-idolatry, we have to deny it. We have to deny ourselves. We must deny making ourselves the center of the universe, making ourselves a master of our own fate. We have to reject acting as if our time or our money or our gifts or our strengths are to be used for ourselves, we have to deny the idea that the ultimate goal of life is self-gratification. But question would be, to what extent must we deny ourselves? Jesus says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. We get the privilege today in the year 2023 of reading this verse, with the bigger picture in mind. It's almost impossible to read this verse and not think about the bigger story, to not think about Christ carrying the cross on the way to the crucifixion, right? To what extent must we deny ourselves? To the point of death. As Christians, we are called to die to self. You must deny yourself to the point that the old self dies. The carnal self, the worldly self, the idolatrous self must die. Colossians 3 through, through 5 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3 that he must be born again. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul describes the person that is in Christ as a new creation or a new creature. To follow Jesus is to deny yourself and recognize that you are a new person. Life is not about you anymore. You've been regenerated. The Holy Spirit has come and given you a life that's not about yourself but a life that's about Christ instead. Taking up your cross is not easy though. There's a reason Jesus uses this metaphor. There's a reason Paul describes it as death, right? It's hard, it hurts, and it has to happen every day. Remember, we're a bunch of idol factories. Every morning when you wake up, your default is to worship yourself. In every decision you make throughout the day, your default is to worship yourself, to idolize yourself. Putting your old self to death hurts. I'm sure you've experienced it. You don't want to do it because of our sin. We don't want to completely surrender to God. Sure, Jesus, I'll do this thing for you, but these other things are going to be for me, right? You can have parts of my life. I'll serve you in some areas of my life, but I want to keep these other parts for myself. But to what extreme does Christ call us to deny ourselves? To what extreme must we abandon the idolatry of the self? To the point of death, to the death of the old self, totally surrendered to God. We can spend a lot of time recognizing idols in our lives, thinking through all these things that are idols, and actually not have it do any good. Say you're addicted to a certain social media app and you make it so your phone, right? iPhones are pretty, pretty cool these days. You can make it so your phone, only allows you five minutes a day. Maybe it's Instagram, right? Five minutes a day on Instagram, that's it. It cuts you off, you can't do any more. But then what happens, right? Maybe you bypass it, but maybe you have a little bit more self-control than to bypass and go into the settings and change it. You've got a little bit more self-control, what happens, most of time you fall right into a different addiction, right? It was Instagram before, now it's YouTube. I don't know, right? You've just moved on to another app or another activity, and it, you just continue to be distracted by God. Remember, we're a perpetual factory of idols. We love to make idols. If we lose one, we are more than capable of replacing it with another, So this is why the, the conclusion of this verse is so important. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If all we do is try to get rid of certain idols, we'll just find ourselves with newer, shinier, prettier idols. But Jesus tells us not just to deny ourselves, but to take up our cross and to follow him. He... The Lord Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. He is the solution. Self-denial isn't worth it if Christ isn't the purpose. Dying to self sounds miserable unless we're promised that when we die to self, our lives become hidden in Christ. If we don't have Jesus to worship, who cares if we worship ourselves? Think of Christ's victory over sin and death on the cross. Think of the substitutionary death that he paid so that his people would be reconciled to him. Quote Joel Beakey here, he said, the highest purpose of God's redemptive act is to distinguish himself from all false gods and idols so that he alone is glorified as God. When we properly consider Christ as God and Savior... Worshiping ourselves kind of seems like a joke, doesn't it? He came to earth, he died, he rose again, so that you and I, who are evil, self-idolizing, God-hating creatures by nature, so that we could have a relationship with him. The solution to idolatry is not just to recognize the idols and try to find a way to get rid of them. It's to keep, the solution to idolatry is to keep a constant focus on the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Christian life is not about you. It's really easy to do all the Christian things, but continue to worship ourselves. If our only purpose in desiring salvation is to escape hell, we've missed the point. If the Bible's just a self-help book that teaches us how to live, then we've missed the point. If prayer is just like going to God as a genie who will hopefully grant us some wishes, then we've missed the point. If church is just about meeting some nice people and making some friends, then we've missed the point. The purpose of the Christian life is to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about Paul in Philippians 1, right? To live is Christ, to die is gain. And and Paul, why is it is death gain? Because he goes on to explain, because he gets to be with Christ. He teaches us that the meaning of all of existence, whether life or death, is simply Christ. He saved us from our sin. How could we not worship him? We should rejoice in our salvation, not just because it saves us from God's wrath, but because it puts us into a new category of being in Christ. Through our salvation, we obtain Christ. We should love reading scripture because these are the words of our God and savior. Rather than just giving some advice on how to live, every word of the Bible should be precious to us. We go to God in prayer, we should be overjoyed that a holy God allows people like us who were once totally dead in our sin to approach him through Christ. And when we gather with other believers as a local church, We should love to worship him through the Lord's Supper, through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, through the public reading of scripture, through the preaching of his word. The solution to idolatry is not just recognizing the idols in our lives, the solution to idolatry is Jesus. We deny ourselves, we deny worshiping ourselves, we deny our flesh, we take up our cross, which is dying to self, and we look to Christ and we worship him alone.